0: Hello and welcome to the Three Plains Sports Podcast. Just three plain guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two guys revved up and ready to argue following our two week holiday vacation. A man who's confident he could jog two miles in under 46 minutes. Our Twitter manager and Tua Tagavaloa's brain doctor, Colin. Good evening. And finally, carefully plotting how he can be put on disability at work if his car doesn't kill him in traffic first, our swift and decisive fantasy football league commissioner, Sam.
1: Thank you, Dylan.
0: <laughs> so let's uh, let's get started with the pregame where I get to pick some stupid little news topic. And actually, I don't think it's stupid or it's really news, but I think we just kind of all confirmed this year that bowl season, college football bowl season does indeed suck between opt-outs, players who don't care. And really why I wanted to do this is I found out this year that there are actually two Cheez-It Bowls. So there's the, the actual Cheez-It Bowl where OU played, uh, Florida State. But then there's also, as I learned uh, this weekend, the Citrus Bowl as presented by Cheez-Its. So they are double dipping. Uh, both were actually, you know what, the OU Cheez-It Bowl was it wasn't a bad game. It was bad football. It wasn't a bad game. Uh but what was a bad game was Purdue and LSU in the uh Cheese It Citrus Bowl. That was an absolute blowout. It was like fifty-six to seven, uh absolute joke of a college football bowl game. Uh did you guys watch either of the Cheese It Bowls?
1: I certainly did watch the OU Cheese Bowl, the real Cheese It Bowl, and then later on was thrown was thrown for a loop and disgusted to learn that other teams were stealing our Cheese It related glory and internet content <laughs> like a week later for a new bowl. Um but yeah, I, I would agree. The, the OU game, actually, I found pretty entertaining. Um, obviously, I, I, there's some bias playing into that. Like, I'm actually intrigued to see like the young guys on OU and be looking forward to next year and stuff. Gavin Sawchuck looked really good, barely played this year. So that was exciting. Uh, but yeah, that LSU game, I didn't pay any attention to the start of it. I tuned, I, I like pulled it up on the ESPN app and checked the score and saw I was thirty five nothing, I believe. And I was like, "Hey, should I go tune in?" I was like, "No, I, I think I'm fucking good." So that was all my exposure to Purdue and LSU. Oh but no, I did I, enjoy I, the real Cheez-It bowl
0: I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was somewhere with the TV and uh, needed to decided what game I was like. Oh, I, I kind of want to see how the Big Ten West does. I want to see how Purdue does, and that was a mistake.
2: Yeah, I watch, I had to listen to most of the Cheez-It Bowl at work. And honestly, it's probably for the best because I would have just been frustrated at OU playing. I know this sounds stupid, but annoyed that they played competently, especially with as many backups as we uh, were starting in that game. Just where was this fucking all year?
0: I feel like listening to the Cheez-It Bowl could be a euphemism. Like I was listening to the Cheez-It Bowl at work last night. You, to,
1: you lost we'll me have to there, will circle back on that one. I, 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 my mind's going wild with what that could really mean, especially with the shit that goes on at your job that could be euphemistic for, but I'm not landing on anything.
0: <laughs> All right. So that's, that's the only thing I had for the pregame. We will move into a segment I call slow pitch, fast pitch, where uh, I take two takes to each of my co-hosts here. Uh, one is a kind of an easy take, although this week is going to be a little different. And then a fast pitch, uh, which is should be sort of a blazing hot take. Not always. Depends how good of a job I do this week. Uh, but let's get into the slow pitch. And actually, it's not so much of a take as so much of an interesting discussion point that I wanted to bring up. And I think Colin's the perfect one to start out on this. So Colin and Sam, you you be thinking, too, because I'm, I, I want an answer from you as well. Uh, Colin, who do you think is the better athlete? A professional bowler or a professional dart thrower?
2: Ah, uh, so I do have, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think about this too long because honestly, I didn't know, you know, I don't know how to fucking react you. You did throw me for a loop here, but, and I think if you disagree, I think you're wrong, but it has to be darts in my opinion, right? It how? Invo- so it involves more precision and there is less room for error in it. Obviously, in bowling, you, uh, especially in professional bowling, you got to get strikes all the time. But to really compete, or you know, spares, you know, you have to get all the pins. But in darts, like the the room for error, I think has is smaller. And especially if you're, you know the tree, you know, twenty sits right next to a one. You fuck up, especially in professional darts you fuck up and hit a one you could be absolutely fucked for that leg or whatever it is in in their competitions but i just think the the precision is what is key in my opinion uh bowling it's it is what it is i think bowling is difficult as well just i think the the smaller targets more difficult
0: sam before i go off on Colin, let's hear what you have to say
1: i i mean certainly especially having no Advance notice on this question and kind of just thinking about it for the two minutes here. It, it's hard to come to a, a firm conclusion, but my gut was saying <laughs> bowling. Um, I feel like the bowler is the better. The, the The term athlete is what I'm focusing on here. That's the question. Yes. Who's the better, Who's athlete? The better not, athlete? Not what's the, the, the more difficult sport necessarily. Uh, or more difficult game. I'm almost inclined to, you know, be a hater and call it call it a game versus a sport. That's a, a blurry line there um, with a, a dart thrower. The fact that me and my current athleticism is probably equally as athletic to numerous dart throwers. I thought <laughs> maybe you could say the same for, for bowling. I don't know, man. I think uh, there's a little bit more, you know, you got to get the legs involved, the hips in bowling, and, and so I'm going to give it to the bowlers, but I want to, you know, I want want to make it clear that I don't have respect for either group. (laughs) (laughs) My respect is much of a blessing, but... uh, In my
2: opinion, neither are sports, and that is down my definition of what is a sport.
0: But... I was about to say, this is the guy, Colin's the guy who says that golf is a skill, not a sport. Try to tell him that, <laughs> that he's throwers an athlete, more of an athlete than a bowler. It's a
2: competition. That's what I said. It's not a skill. Obviously, you there's skill involved with it, and you can I be board athletic board. in a competition aspect, but in my opinion, a sport involves you going head-to-head and having like physical impact, presumably, against each other. So, Dylan, I would say NASCAR's a sport, but I wouldn't say golf is. <laughs> And, it, and I, that one sort of pains me, I'm not going to lie, but I stick
1: to my definition mentally, so
2: I so have you, to concede a few things.
1: So you would concede WWE as a sport under under no. your own definition, correct,
2: Colin? No, because it's not – they don't list it as a sport. It's, <laughs> that sport, is,
1: it's scripted. And
2: that uh, is careful
0: it. what you say about <laughs> television's <laughs> greatest entertainment experience. <laughs>
2: They are very athletic. I always do make sure to say that, even if they're roided out of their fucking
0: minds. I'm gonna, what I'm gonna get on the, babies? I'm gonna get on the Twitter. I'm gonna get on the Twitter and tweet at John Cena that Colin needs his ass kicked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he might need to talk to some
0: WWE writers on how to figure and then, that out. Then maybe you can both <laughs> cry when it's over. <laughs> 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 no so i think i think bowlers are athletes because i think you have to have a little bit of core you have to have some flexibility some twist there's like like uh, sam said there's the there's the hands and the feet exactly. the, the, the hips all of that moving together you know you're actually moving you're not just doing a little ping with your with your arm and getting the form down perfectly and once again i think that's a i think colin's making some bold statements for a guy who thinks that once again that's that golf is a skill and not a sport and then somehow thinks dart throwing is so better athletes than bowling.
2: i'm not saying it's a skill a competition is different than a sport it is cheer a sport no it's a, On competition. a physical level it is diving a sport no it's a competition
1: okay <laughs> that's an interesting one uh, i i personally with dart throwing like another reason i guess it, it Although everybody likes to drink when they bowl too, but like dart throwing basically to me, that is an event or a sport that is a, so to speak, that's played in a bar. And I don't see what differentiates <laughs> it athletically from beer pong. It's the same <laughs> shit. Let me, here's motion. my elbow. Here's my fucking wrist. And I'm just going to try to hit, hit a little target here while I'm getting progressively drunker. Although, although can, in
0: college defense, say. in college defense, in beer pong, there is somebody who can swat the ball away. If you bounce it in, uh, I personally don't want to be the one standing in front of the dartboard trying to swat him away. <laughs> Catch me on the right day; I might be up for
1: it. Dude, I'll put my
2: dome if if it's a bad day.
0: Well, we get to have this conversation again in a couple of weeks because I'll be curling at some point in February. But uh, curling's curl, just a sport.
1: Uh, it's i agree i just wanted <laughs> i just wanted to say it
0: oh i couldn't tell what you
2: said because i was definitely saying defending it immediately into sports so i said i said
0: not a
1: sport <laughs>
0: uh on a slightly more somber note we're gonna move into the fast pitch uh this is this is actually something i've heard a few different people's opinions on and i thought it was a good discussion point because i partially agree and i think i also partially disagree but here's here's the hot take After the whole, you know, DeMar Hamlin horrific injury on national TV and, like, being barely alive for a little while, uh, the NFL should not play this upcoming weekend.
1: See, this was the perfect storm, Dylan. Sorry, I know this one was – yeah, this is for me. I'm jumping in here. But uh, this was the perfect storm of a take for me because I have just been – ashamed of myself basically since monday night that i've been getting progressively more more and more pissy about the nfl's handling of this situation and like what to a degree i think and at a certain point has been a little bit over the top of like performative and pearl clutching behavior from like the general like voice of the public and the media and stuff like that over just people being outraged that anyone would even dare talk about hey how does this affect the playoffs considering this was one of the biggest games of the season and all of that i completely sell the idea that the nfl shouldn't be playing this weekend i think the business goes on frankly i was surprised although i didn't i wouldn't say i disagreed with the decision to the decision to suspend the game on monday night Um, When he was just act like he had just been resuscitated on the field and was not remotely out of the water there. (laughs) But I quite frankly cannot wrap my head around how the NFL came to the conclusion that they could just let the game kind of dangle in limbo here. In the 70s, uh, Lions Bears game, somebody died on the field and they finished the game. This is legitimately (laughs) unprecedented and the NFL is not above this kind of shit in any sort of way, as you can see by like their legal fights against, oh, we have no, we have no ties to concussions and, and, you know, that they don't provide health care beyond five years. And that's only even for vested players, all this shit, you know, they have no moral high ground, but they just had to stick to the, oh, we couldn't dare ask the Buffalo Bills to play a football game on Tuesday or Wednesday and keep the season going, when it has all these implications for not only the Bills, but the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Ravens, all of these, like, playoff scenarios are just getting completely thrown into whack, and the NFL is still, as of right now, the Thursday night when this shit happened on Monday, they still are just, like, kicking around ideas of how the hell they think they're going to solve it. All of them sound ridiculous, as far as I'm concerned, Uh, and I think that the Bills, quite frankly, should have been told that they needed to play or if they if they weren't going to play, that's that's fine. That's their decision, but it would be a forfeit and a loss for the Bills because the, the tie stuff and what they're thinking about, oh, we're going to have one team get the bye between the Chiefs and the Bills and the other one can have home field or we're going to play the AFC Championship in Indianapolis or some shit. It just all seems so ridiculous to me. And I think that the NFL handled it horribly. They need to be playing Sunday. They should have been playing yesterday
2: yeah i'm i'm sort of I'm very much in agreement with Sam, obviously you know that the day of that's the right call you can't play, but the fact that they didn't i i and yes, I get that it's tough to play the next day, but there's nothing else the players could do like it's it's all up to you know the medical staff and stuff and you know, it, you just can't stop the game. I get that it's that, you know, I get this is someone's life on the line. We we all get that. But you have to look at the big picture as well within the business. And hey, sorry, it has to be addressed. And as he said, Bills forfeit or they should have played Tuesday or Wednesday because now, especially with them just going by win percentage or whatever, the solutions they've thrown out, they're going to fuck. I, I think they're going to fuck the Bengals is like who's – them and the Ravens are the biggest two potentials teams to get fucked by the ideas thrown around. Then there's a garbage idea to potentially throw in an eighth uh playoff seed, which is just absolute horseshit. Um and I didn't, you know, I was sort of saving that t- to transition to the playoffs, but since we're sort of already talking well, NFL playoffs.
0: We'll we'll get there in a second.
2: All right. Then I I just think you you have to play you have to move on. It's not like so in the in the soccer world. Christian Erikson two years ago collapsed on the field, had a cardiac event, very similar to this. I mean, he didn't get landed on that caused it. He just collapsed on the field, and they, if I remember right, the other countries involved in the competition at that time were still play their games. Then like next couple days, if I remember right, I believe they did. But you you. It's important, obviously, because a person's life's at stake. But there's only so much like the players and stuff can do outside of it. It's not like they're the ones, you know, keeping him alive. It's not like th- if they're not there, he's gonna die. So you have to. You ha- you just. I don't want to say move on because it sounds crude and wrong, not what I'm meaning. But you have to, you like the fuckers were practicing today. There's a picture of the Bills being all fucking smiles, thumbs up at practice today. So why the fuck aren't you playing?
0: Yeah. So I, despite this being quote unquote my take, um, I, I actually have good, I, what what were compelling arguments to me on both sides of this. So uh, on the side of the take, it was Aaron Rodgers who has like the most to lose by not playing this upcoming weekend. Uh, because he they, the Packers are like one of the only teams that still control their own destiny to get into the playoffs. All they got to do is win this weekend and they're in. Um, and that he was willing to say, no, I, I don't want to go play. I don't think we should be playing. That's kind of what prompted this. But then uh, it also should say something that that entire argument was kind of just shredded to pieces when I found uh, some shithead on... Uh, the sleeper app in like commenting on the little news things that said like, well, if your coworker next to you had a heart attack, you still have to go into work the next day. And that he's right. I mean, that that has happened where I work. Those people still had to go. Those people didn't even get to go home. Those people still went to work the same day. Like, so, yeah, I mean, obviously football is going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen with the Bills and Bengals, but uh Uh, fuck Roger Goodell, fuck the commissioner. He
1: deserves all the boos and jeers at uh, the draft every year. And I would like to jump back in here uh, to address a couple more points. For starters, it is Thursday, January 5th. Uh, Damar Hamlin, we got good updates today. Uh, Damar Hamlin is... They said he is neurologically intact, which can only be a good thing. He is communicating. He is responsive. He still has the breathing to him, and so he's not talking out loud, but he has the cognitive processing. He's, like, communicating by writing. And believe it or not, unsurprisingly to me, as this was some shit that I insensitively said on Monday night or Tuesday, he he was going to be concerned about the result of the game. That game meant a lot to the Bills. It meant a lot to him unsurprisingly it comes out that one of the first things he asked is did we win the game and then the the doctors responded with yes damar you won life <laughs> oh and, and everybody it, everybody is just going nuts about this today and, and i am sorry but to me that's uh, that's some of the corniest shit um, yeah um, doctors that i mean good job doctors obviously on he, you know, yeah do
0: you
2: think he's more nervous Look at that statement. That is so corny. How do you actually say that out loud and go, yeah, that was a good line? Do you, uh-huh, do you think like he's, he's Do you going
0: to make more, moment about your one-liner. Oh, my God. Do you think he's more neurologically active than Tua?
1: <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> uh, my money's on Tamar at this point. He's, he, we All we've heard is he's fighting hard. We haven't heard shit about Tua, so I got Tamar. Last last thing and again I do I do wanna say I'm I'm extremely happy that that he is he is back and all good. Fuck Roger Goodell from the this this is the perspective of a fantasy commissioner who operates two leagues. That shit was unappreciated like the decisions have to get made three Bengals players of the championship not that yeah. I was gonna win but I know dude And like I that's the thing I end up winning I won the championship of one of these two leagues against Dylan as it turned out fortunately I was ahead by such a large amount that like it really was a, a complete like miracle long shot that Dylan had but it felt slimy to me to declare it A day or two later, when he had Burrow, Mixon, and Higgins, and none of them had played, and like you've seen, Mixon put up fifty this year, I think at one point. Higgins, Higgins can go off; Burrow can go off. I had Josh Allen as well, and I was already up like forty-five or something, I think, scenario. And I had Tyler Bass, but I like it felt slimy to me, and I, I I'm I was put in this position where the NFL is not telling us what the fuck is going on with this game. I have all these people's money. You know, that, is, that has been entrusted to me to to pay out to the fair, deserved, undisputed winner that always exists in fantasy football in this year. That is just not a thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure you was... shed
0: a single fucking tear paying yourself and then giving me the second place <laughs> prize.
1: I I admit I did not shed a tear uh, while you know cashing in that money mentally that I did not have to Venmo out to anybody else, but I did pay out the larger prize in the other league, uh, and and it just. It felt bad. Like that league, I was rooting against Corbin the whole season because his team was such a fucking juggernaut. And then he loses in that way where he has Diggs and and Jacob has Burrow. Jacob's up like seven going into Monday Night Football. So Jacob's probably going to win, but that easily could have gone the other way. Diggs has hung 40 before we've seen it. And it's
2: easier for a wide receiver to have a a minor, less impact, but it's still a good fantasy game. Then uh-huh. it is a quarterback and not to toot my own horn, but I did end up sending my third place to Corbin just because I felt that it was slimy and not obviously slimy, but you know, it played out poorly. And uh-huh. I mean, there, we could have figured out maybe a pot split differently, but you know what? The 50 not hurting me. Not that it's hurting Corbin what, not to have, but.
0: Would you put in the Venmo? would you put in the Venmo line? Venmo uh, I just
2: put, Oh, I just said FF. I oh, mean okay. football. I couldn't think anything Weird. witty reparations. <laughs> I I addressed that in our in our chat. So
0: <laughs> Okay, so speaking of getting paid, uh, there's, you know, potential for a lot of coaches to get a nice little maybe pay bump after their performance if they have a positive performance in the playoffs this year. We we kind of touched on it already. So let's just roll straight into NFL playoff picture. Sam, get us started.
1: All right, I would love to. So, yeah, we're going into week 18. A lot of shit is already decided. Um as we just mentioned, a lot of shit is not decided that should have been decided. <laughs> um but I'm I'm kind of curious to hear from you guys like who A, who you think is going to come out of each conference, B, you know, a, a matchup or something that you're excited about, and C, who you think might be primed for a letdown in in the playoffs. All get us rolling. I personally Preseason, I picked the Bills. I said this was this was going to be their year. That was not exactly an out there pick, uh, but I'm going to stick with it. It doesn't hurt that they have kind of this this little storyline magic going for them now, um, and might be benefited or not by whatever the NFL decides with their situation. Um, But I think they are primed to come out of the AFC. I think they're the best team still, uh, most well rounded, and have shown that throughout most of the year. Um, I would say that I have got the san francisco 49ers in the nfc so that's my super bowl matchup uh, big fraud that i'm looking forward to seeing collapse i'm st- stealing this right out from under colin is the dallas cowboys just has to get <laughs> said when's it gonna happen we don't know but it damn sure is gonna happen
0: so I, th- I thought when you were leading into that, you started smiling and laughing, and I'm like, okay, he's talking about the Vikings. Then I was going to argue that the Vikings are not frauds. This is what everybody expected them to be. Uh, and <laughs> that's, I, that's I, just, I don't have a whole lot to add to this discussion other than, yes, the Vikings were like, I think they were the first to clinch their division this year. Uh, but then they're going to get absolutely fucking waxed it, whoever they play in the first round. Absolutely fucking waxed immediately. And, yeah, uh, I mean, me it
2: depends I mean, they could. I mean, they could still get a pretty favorable first round matchup. You know, seeing potentially, I mean, potentially the Seahawks. I mean, that doesn't. I mean, they Seahawks are good, but they've been a little streaky. So they you just don't want to see the Packers again for sure.
1: I think I feel it's more likely Green Bay or the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, that Minnesota will probably end up with yeah i feel but,
0: Oh, giants is who you'd rather play because you know uh certainly yeah oh they for don't sure there, I'm yeah.
2: Dabble coach of the year i think i mean a uh, front runner for sure great job for him but that team lacks actual weapons there's only so much his just offensive genius this year can fucking do and there's only so much you can put it into fucking saquon's uh, quads to carry them
0: I'm I'm pretty sure if the Vikings fielded Demar Hamlin in his current state on the defense, it'd probably be an improvement. Yeah, okay. <laughs> can't, can't
2: get much worse. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> um, no. See, one matchup I do want, and I I, I want it, but I don't want it because if it goes poorly, I don't want to hear it. Is I wouldn't mind seeing the Eagles play the fucking Cowboys in the playoffs. At full strength, you know, we get to see Jalen Hurts hopefully fucking just fuck plow that fraudulent ass Cowboys defense and then watch Dak turn the ball over a couple times because he's a bum fuck. That would be a dream, but also an absolute fucking nightmare if the Cowboys win. And I would not want to have to deal with uh, Jacob rubbing it in our faces. Although. As long as the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl preferably, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. All righty. So. Uh, Sam, where were you yeah. going to go with that?
1: Uh, I was just going to throw in a couple points about kind of what to look for this weekend that I, I guess I sort of skipped over, could have led with, but uh, like Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, most likely going to be a win and end game for both teams on Sunday night football. Yep. Um, so that, that should be pretty exciting. If they happen to add this eighth playoff spot as well, that has a, a supposedly been kicked around by the league offices, mm-hmm. then that'll open up a whole new bucket of shit to potentially watch out for. I think that would uneliminate like the Washington Commanders. It'd be kind of funny if oh, they they reverse their decision to start Sam Howell because they're like, oh fuck, <laughs> we can maybe make the playoffs again. And like, sorry, rookie, we'll see another time. But uh, <laughs> that that'll be something to look for if the NFL happens to go totally off the wall because that'll that'll change the playoff picture substantially.
2: Also, sorry, something I forgot initially. The Week 18 scheduling is utter bullshit and. I mean, Sam, you're going to probably agree with this because it's divisional Green Bay.
0: No, 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 no. no, no, That's that's, isn't
2: a problem. The fact that Green Bay plays after the Seahawks, so if the Seahawks win, they're in, and it eliminates it eliminates the Lions. But if Green then then the Lions may have less incentive in their matchup against Green Bay, which is handing. Green Bay a potential easier matchup, although I doubt, you know, I doubt the Lions just roll over, but...
0: The Lions the, can ruin Green Bay season if they, you yeah,
1: know... will <laughs> I mean, oh, be so incentive. glorious.
2: Oh, my God, if they do it. They still have that incentive, I but it's just like, fuck that. Make them play at the same time so they don't get a fucking... There's no mental game in there as well from outside shit. That is absolutely horrible. Uh-huh. And, Last note, this is wild. This came out like an hour ago. Uh at least shoddy source, it's out kicked, that was the source, so eh, That's all respected. we that's all we use here, shoddy yeah. sources. <laughs> but <laughs> there is rumor that if the Dolphins fucking lose this game, that like McDaniel and Co. are potentially on the hot seat.
1: Which that's is lunacy.
2: Fucking insane. I mean, I guess if you're trying to, you know, show that the the Brian Flores thing wasn't oh, racist, shit. you know, okay. firing them all that shit, but and you fire McDaniel after a season, I I that'd be absurd. I mean, other teams would probably be sitting there going, "Fuck yeah, I can't wait to hire this guy," oh, yeah. but but that would be just the dumbest fucking thing imaginable by the Dolphins and the fact that you know, I wouldn't say a great source, but it's not like me on Twitter saying it being the source. <laughs> Uh, trust me, bro. Yeah. It's it's it, that's because of what a five game skid in December to January, while two has been concussed out of his mind for the third time and all this shit. Like what a fucking wild little bit. That would be as if they actually did that.
0: Speaking of Mike McDaniel, they signed, uh, Mike Glennon, right? Or is that, was that a joke I was seeing or something, but no,
2: no, they legitimately did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because then I saw, Ooh. I meant to put this in the tidbits, but I forgot. Uh, they asked, why did you sign it? Well, because he's, his name's Mike, and I see a little bit of himself, or a little bit of myself in him. <laughs>
1: he's yeah, a funny yeah, well, motherfucker, man. He's well,
2: hilarious. He is because the, he was like, talk, because like, McDaniel's my height, 5'9, and Glennon's like, what, 6'7? I don't know. He's tall. He's fucking huge. He's yeah, like and he's like, two feet in
1: neck. ESW, yeah, it's like the whole. Y.
2: That was the whole little bit of that joke of just. I see a lot. Like, him and I are very similar, and it's yeah. outside the first name. Is just
0: dwarfed by him. Okay, so yeah, Green Bay holds their own destiny. That's basically my biggest thing to watch this weekend on that on the playoffs. So from there, this is going to be our 2022 year in review podcast. Uh, where we're going to pick, I guess we kind of call them superlatives, but kind of they're just our favorite certain things. We're going to go through some categories and talk about our favorite uh, favorite people or favorite moments or favorite uh, little tidbits from the year. So let's get a, go ahead and get started with Athlete of the Year. And you know, Colin, why don't you go first?
2: All right, because you guys won't want to hear about this too long because I went the Absolutely soccer route. Absolutely not. Dude, you can't I, I gave my athlete of the year to Messi. It's just it's hard not to, man. He you know, no, it's that not. team pulled off the World Cup. Uh, you know, he gets that's his crowning achievement on his way out, you know, probably in the next couple of years for his career there. I in all honesty, it probably ends the GOAT debate for soccer, as, at least between him and Ronaldo. People like to throw in Maradona Pele at, at least in the modern era goat debate it's done portugal and and, you know ronaldo couldn't lead uh, portugal to a world cup so i think that that has to be my guy for athlete of the year it's just he's you guys don't care for soccer but he's just so goddamn impressive to watch and the fact that argentina's players pretty much would say they'd fucking take a bullet for him and just how much they wanted to play not to win for themselves, but for him to win it is in just, it's insane.
0: I would. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Sam.
1: All right. Yeah. I, I I won't hate on the Lionel Messi pick. I I'm not a big soccer fan, but I even, I even threw him out as an honorable mention for my own, just because of what Colin said. I recognized the significance of of the world cup, even though it was excruciatingly boring to watch for about 90% (laughs) of the overall tournament. Um, uh, but that's 90 percent's pretty, pretty low for a soccer tournament, honestly. So, um, moving on to my own athlete of the year, I am going to go with, it, it kind of could have been my favorite storyline of the year too. Um, I, I just have good shit for both categories, but I'm going with Albert Pujols. Um, I thought that it was just an absolute joy to follow him in the back half of this season, as he made that completely unexpected push towards 700, like statistically with what he had been putting on the board for the last few seasons, it, it was not looking like that was some shit that people actually would expect him to do in his career uh, with this being his final season. And all of a sudden he just turned it on. He had one of the best years of like the past half decade of his career. Um, and, just got red hot in the back half of this season. Baseball is good about just having some, that feeling of magic can exist in baseball in a lot of different places at times. And this was definitely one of the best in recent history. In my opinion, Um, it kind of gave the league the opportunity to celebrate him and a really great career that he had. So I was a big fan of the Albert Pujols plot line and, and everything that we got to see this summer out of him.
0: And you're both wrong because the athlete of the year is completely and utterly Justin Jefferson, uh, because he has made the Vikings at times look like Super Bowl contenders. And when he is taken out of the game for one reason or another. Kirk Cousins looks like he doesn't deserve a job anywhere in the NFL. Uh, he makes Kirk Cousins look like a god when he can just like toss it up to Justin Jefferson in, in ways that nobody else can make these catches and come down with it in the most critical game situations ever. He is just an absolute stud of an athlete. Uh, when they got rid of, when they, you know, lost, oh God, why am I blanking? He's on the Bills now.
1: Stephon, hey, Stephon yes, Diggs. When they lost
0: Stefan Diggs. Nobody thought they were going to be able to replace him, but they have done better than replace him. I would argue Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the league right now. And that's why he is my 2022 athlete of the year. Because besides just being an amazing wide receiver, he is just an insane athlete for some of the things he can do in the body control and coming down with some of those balls, like the behind the back catches and things in the air. And just like, it's absolutely insane to watch. We're going to have a highlight reel for... You know, catches and moments for, for years and years to come from this season alone.
1: Yeah, his
2: catch against the Bills to keep them alive on that drive uh, <laughs> that they ultimately got stopped at the goal line was fucking insane. Probably, potentially catch of the year. So yeah.
0: Sacrificing, is That's, like just going up and getting laid out in the air. It's insane.
2: Yeah, good on us. We all chose different sports so that there's not a just pure fuck you, you're wrong for each sport, but... Oh, uh, definitely a uh, different, different thought processes, at least. And I can, I like both of y'all's picks. So. Oh,
0: mine is complete Homer pick. Absolutely. Well, Homer I mean, picks. for sure. We figured that, but
1: it was, but honestly, yeah, he, he, you're not wrong about him, man. He's, he's that motherfucking guy. Yeah. You, you can... The, the cloud. If it was going to be an NFL player, it'd be Jefferson this year. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can homer pick as long as you can fucking defend it and not be just, well, he's a Viking. No, his stats back that pickup, so it's definitely very respectable.
0: All righty. And then I'll go first on this next one. Cause I think you guys might have more to talk about here, but uh, so favorite sports moment of the year. This one's very, very broad, but I think we all kind of have something in our head uh, being sports fans, you know what, something that really resonates or just a really, really happy occasion in either your fandom or something you really, really enjoyed watching, you know, the it, same is kind of bled into it, but you know, like Albert Pujols hitting his 700th was uh, kind of a good moment, but my, Favorite sports moment is also kind of homery, but not in the way you might think. So I did pick the Astros, but not you know the World Series win or anything. Uh, the ALDS game two or no game one, sorry, game one. Jordan Alvarez hitting the three run bomb that that lifted the Astros ahead. They were down uh, to <clears throat> uh, they were down two, and that three run homer. Brought him up, win the first game of the ALDS. Absolutely just glorious, like storybook ending to that game, even though, you know, it, it was less consequential than games later down the line. But I just remember watching that game and being absolutely uh, just awestruck at that because I was sure that the Astros were going to lose, you know, going to get eliminated in the ALDS, just going to like be this tornado of negativity. And then Jordan Alvarez turned that maybe around for the whole team, leading him to that World Series win.
2: Oh, absolutely! Pivotal moment in that game for sure. That that was against the Mariners, right? That was yes, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They yeah. yeah, no, easily. Like if you wanted to pick out a moment from the World Series, like the uh, whole the full the run, NBA, yeah. MLB playoffs, yeah, from the run, definitely significant enough to be like the defining moment because they lose that game. Would they would they have gone down two zero in that series?
0: That was game one.
2: Oh, yeah. Said,
0: y'all swept them, right? Yes. But it
2: yeah, and it definitely set the tone though. Oh you know, absolutely for, for
0: the entire playoffs. I mean they didn't really yeah, struggle. But, they didn't really yeah, struggle until the series.
2: Till the but world but series. Being I mean. a t- such a tone setting game and flipping it at the end, that's real demoralizing and completely flips that series, gives you momentum, and clearly it paid off.
0: Uh, uh Colin, you go next.
2: So moment I, I'm trying not to overlap here because I really wanted to say the Argentina France game, especially the last 20 minutes of it and extra time. Oh boy, but imagine that! I'm gonna go with and it's. I'm gonna go with TCU's TCU Michigan or just I I could just go cheap and go both playoff games, but TCU Michigan TCU beating Michigan and just honestly playing so goddamn well. Arguably on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the you know pretty high scoring game, so it's tough to sit there and go. The defense played phenomenally, but they had at least one pick six, if not two. But they, I mean, TCU is just there. It's it's pretty much a magical run they're on right now. What isn't Sonny Dykes a first year coach?
0: Yes, uh,
2: absolutely. Yes,
0: second so, year maybe.
2: I can't remember for sure, but uh TCU yeah Yeah,
1: he's
2: in his first year there well, well well for for easiness of it we'll say the college football semifinals but more specifically the
1: TCU Michigan game
0: okay and Sam
1: Yeah, this is where my homer pick is going to come into the fold. This, I think, is is the best place to work it in. I'm going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm going to to zoom in a little bit, though. The Jayhawks (laughs) winning the title, coming back from 15 down at half against North Carolina, pretty damn cool on its own. But I kind of want to zoom into um, a a player who was pretty heavily maligned for a lot of his KU career, um, our center David McCormick. He was a four-year player. He was a McDonald's All-American as a recruit. You know, very highly regarded coming in. Didn't really develop too well. He was behind Azubuki for a couple of years. Um, he would basically just come in and pick up fouls. Uh, he, he was kind of a low post, like traditional post-up big man, which is a bit of a dying breed, maybe a little less so in college, but still uh, at the college level. Um, and really the fans kind of just criticized him for a large majority of his career. He was never consistent. Pussy um, on the he, boards. Uh At at times, at times he was. But uh, he he pretty much just pulled it together in the back half of his senior year, kind of emerged into a leadership role and became one of our go-to guys for a big bucket. Um, Even when we had guys, you know, NBA players like Abaji and Brown, who were first rounders on the team and did carry the offense a lot of nights. But McCormick was the guy who hit back-to-back big shots very late in the national championship game to swing it and then put it away, essentially on uh, um, just his little fadeaway turnaround hook shot that we had seen him miss so many damn times over his career. But he he pretty much just grew into that guy that Bill Self was willing to trust right there at the end of his career. He's not in the NBA. He's playing overseas already. So that I, I just wanted to give him a little bit of love because he, he's one of those types of careers, but he really ended it just about the perfect way you could. I was I was especially happy for him in addition to obviously just enjoying the whole ride, the championship and all of that, but just wanted to give him a shout out.
0: I mean, yeah, championship. Uh, I mean, it's just, I feel like no matter March madness is always just a magical thing because it just takes so much to make it through the entire tournament. Uh, and it's just, you know, so many upsets can happen and just so many insane, yet so many insane plays and players that break out. So I, 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 I think I like Sam's the most at all those. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's definitely the easiest
2: one to just look at and go, God damn, what it, what, especially coming back from 15. Uh, I will say, was it Dewan Harris who stepped out of bounds right at the end of that fucking game? It was Dewan Harris. Fuck him. That that ruined the cover. But, uh, I you know,
0: it was a phenomenal game. So that's a good pick. Uh, from the positives, moving on to some of the negatives, uh, I think this is Sam's favorite. We're going to go with bum of the year. Uh, so to set the tone, Sam, why don't you go first with your bum of the year selection?
1: All right. And this this was a hard thought process. I tried <laughs> to kind of take some, some of the personal biases out of this one and really just feel like somebody who really owned this award just, just stepped into the moment and sucked fucking ass this year. And so I just want to do, give this to none other than New York Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> who managed to absolutely tank A very promising season from what seems to be a well-coached team on both sides of the ball. A lot of young talent, some veteran talent. That defense was playing damn good football. They were making life tough on on anybody. Josh Allen, the Bills offense struggled with them. Everybody struggled with the Jets. Uh, But Zach Wilson was enough to hold that team down. They are already eliminated from the playoffs. He was benched for Mike White not once but twice. Uh, booed off of the field mercilessly by their fans on, on numerous occasions, even before being benched when he was just trotting his ass off after going three and out over and over and over. Um, and then, of course, you had all the shit in the early season. He, you got the Jets defenders liking tweets about how Zach sucks. And then, obviously, the big moment is we have the game where they're asked, you know, the Bills defense played fucking great. I think it was the game where they lost on the on the punt return to the Pats, like 10 to 3 or something, and Because the the defense played great for 60 minutes, and the offense just could not do shit until the special teams broke. Um, And they asked Zach, like, "Do you feel like you let your defense down out there today?" And he is just like, "No, no, I don't." And and then that was pretty much the the end of his career right there because he, I believe, was benched that week. Um, There was a ton of of, you know uproar about it. He had to go back and apologize and be like, "You know, I did some introspection, and it turns out I did let him down because I fucking suck." and we put up three points. Uh, so I, I thought he was the most deserving candidate. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you guys have to say because I, I'm a hater at heart and I, I would love to dogpile whoever you might throw out there. But I think Zach Wilson was a, a very deserving candidate here. I
0: will, uh, I will throw mine out next because I think it's the least interesting. But it's, it's got an interesting angle to it because it's not necessarily just a sports bum. It's just being a bum at life. Uh, And I want to go through I want to go and throw my bum of the year bum of 22 out to Scott Frost, not because he's a terrible coach, because we knew that after year like two. And yet he continued to have employment. Uh, So that's certainly a portion of it, but not the entire story. I want to go on to all the things that have come out once people were. Once people quit protecting him because he was no longer the head coach of the University of Nebraska, we find out that he's like always drunk, that he missed recruiting calls because he was drunk, like too drunk to go visit like recruits houses. And so he just had calls like, oh, sorry, I'm too drunk to fly out there. So I'm just going to we're going to do a Zoom call for like five star recruits that might have had like the tiniest little chance of getting even four stars, three stars like, oh, sorry, I'm too drunk to go do this uh apparently, like I think for a big portion of this year and the last season, allegedly his wife wasn't like in the state even because Scott apparently has a problem chasing other women and so I think he'll be he'll be a good fit at uh in Arizona where he's bought a house and I guess he's mm-hmm. gonna have a job potentially somewhere uh and just being some sort of just like trash human being that nobody ever expected and it' just uh at one point, it was a little, it was a little, a little bit of a bummer. Uh, get it, bum. But now it's just kind of comical, and I'm curious to see where his alcoholism and his career takes him next. So that is my 2022 bum of the year. One Scott Andrew Frost, Wood River, Nebraska is going to have to change all of their fucking photos that have him standing around <laughs> in his, his uh, high school Wood River, Nebraska, you know, pads and jersey and everything.
1: Got to uh, knock down the water towers down there.
0: Yeah, yeah, knock down the water <laughs> towers. So, yeah. All right.
2: So, when looking at this, you know, I wanted to say one answer. I think it ends up fitting into a different category. Because when I think Bum, it's someone who has maybe shown that they could do their job to an extent. Uh, and, and yes, yeah, I know you're right. Went. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I Frost was able to do his job at UCF and couldn't do it, so he turned into a bum. Um, I went with, in a, you know, it's a cathartic sort of homer pick, but Alex Grinch, USC defensive coordinator, who I don't know if he knows how to be a defensive coordinator, but man, I'm so happy he's a fucking bum. He is bum of the year for me, because as much as I didn't want to see USC succeed, God damn, did he ruin Caleb Williams' fucking season. Uh, Look at, I mean, double losses to Utah, the the defense allowed 28-plus at least five times this season against pretty mediocre competition in the Pac-12, and then just to cap it off by losing to a group of five, which good on Tulane, cap it off with them blowing 15-point lead with three and a half left in that shit icing on the cake to that season for me
1: that's oh. an absolute delight on i i fully support that pick alex grinch you know he spent a couple of years ruining ou seasons Ohio states fans didn't even like him he sucked there he sucked at ou and now we get to just enjoy him sucking at usc i pray that lincoln riley follows his old habits and just goes ah, i don't need to fire him i'll just outscore the defense next year and then we just get to see it all over again. <laughs>
2: I mean, it'll be bonus points if Lincoln's offensive prowess takes a fucking dive, too, and maybe we get to revisit Bum of the Year next year and talk about it. Oh, him. man. I mean, two years. Uh, it'll be fucking kick-ass. Yeah, two years is probably the best bet, because Caleb's too goddamn good. Uh-huh. But, oh, my God, what a dream that'll be.
1: Yeah. yeah, if dude, if Malachi Nelson comes in and sucks... It's gonna be a damn good time. I will be sm- I'll be smoking cigars every night if Malachi Nelson sucks. With all due respect to the young man.
0: Well, that's a that's a good transition because I, honestly, these two are kind of interchangeable. So it just gives us two opportunities to rag on players or coaches or teams or whatever. So from bum of the year, we're gonna move into fraud of the year. And honestly, this one could have been my bum of the year. But uh, Collins, what do, you, what do you have first?
2: so and this is why I sort of prefaced my bum because fraud i think is someone who maybe hasn't proven that they're worthy of that stature and then but their list you know that's supposed to be what they are but they don't prove it and this is just a bunch of hatred you know getting let loose at to start the year davis fucking bevel <laughs> how the fuck do you have the title of quarterback on a power five typically offensive fucking powerhouse at you you don't know you're a fraud you're not a quarterback you're a dipshit like <laughs> you you should not be in the sport he fucking fooled pitt into being a backup as a freshman and then apparently he's so fucking bad that uh, we couldn't do anything with him when he transferred here. So, holy fuck, he's not a quarterback. That is fraudulent.
1: <laughs> he's really that's good at lining we- up out wide while our tight end quarterback's the game for him, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like, if there is anything I need... Because that's the thing. We didn't play Booty or Evers, so I can't call them frauds. And they would have had better excuses than him in my eyes. So, what the fuck are you? You're just some fucking... Tall white guy with a strong arm. Sick, buddy. You're not a fucking quarterback.
0: I'm not sure his arm was even that strong. I mean I he wasn't that great okay, downfield. Above average uh, uh he wasn't great downfield. Field.
1: No. I don't know if you saw the at the cheese it bowl right before everybody ran onto the field at the beginning. He was like single he was like the single hype man for a group of like twenty other players where he was like che- he was like facing all the rest of them and like chest bumping the one of them repeatedly and just going nuts. I think that's his only talent. Oh
2: Dude I mean, fucking sometimes you get college like, you know, you get the kids that are like team managers and shit that can fucking do that. Get at it. Like, good job. You can be any generic kid on fucking campus to hype up oh my the fucking God. team. you're an absolute bum get rid of his fuck he's a bum he's a fraud he's every fucking negative thing i could think of take that scholarship away and let him actually have to you know do college
0: so (laughs) perfect perfect segue into mine because i think we have actually mine i think is more of a fraud although he was a front runner for my bum of the year as well uh so uh russell wilson uh, had great career with the seahawks you know Uh, annually a top quarterback you know decent in the fantasy leagues and and fantasy scoring and i had actually drafted him this year in one of the fantasy leagues which is why i'm especially pissed off about this one because i wasted several weeks hoping his fucking ass would shape up it took him till last week to throw as many touchdowns as he had bathrooms in his fucking house Russell fucking Wilson. I don't care if Nathaniel Hackett had anything to do with this. Just the fact that like he's calling plays that were on like he's calling old Seattle plays. He's making calls at the line that were his Seattle like that like his his teammates his offensive line come out. It's like I don't fucking know what any of those calls are. Why what what like. The, how hey, man. do you go from being so good in one play? I don't care how bad your coach is. You have that much experience in the NFL. You should be able to pull a Tom Brady, pull an Aaron Rodgers, pull a uh, any other veteran quarterback just out of your ass at least a couple times a year, where you can go say like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna call all the plays myself now." Like I forget shitty coach. I'm just gonna start calling plays. But he can't even do that because he doesn't know like how to call his own plays on the Broncos at the very least. Absolute fraud! I these fucked up the Broncos for years to come. Yeah, I
2: mean, so I will say that is one of the most confusing sagas of the year. Is just his dis, just heavy just nosedive. Just mind blowing.
0: <laughs> like he's doing the Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, uh, shrooms thing without any of the talent. Apparently now this year, like Aaron Rodgers went through this psychedelic stage and still came out on the other end as an amazing quarterback. Russell Wilson apparently has not, except he's not doing drugs. He's just like smelling his own farts, like eating into
1: his own bullshit. Well, Andy, his at- pseudoscience concussion water. Just yeah. Just praying he'll wake yeah. up better tomorrow. <laughs> at least he's not yeah, he's not fucking maybe maybe
2: that's Bevel's calling is being on a sideline for a team yelling pass or run for the defense <laughs> to fucking hear. That's probably the fucking that, that's that's fucking his ceiling in the football world.
1: Davis Bevel doing high knees on the team playing at like three AM while everybody else is asleep. Doing fucking he's up there next
2: year at the Cotton Bowl fucking six hours pregame knowing he's never gonna play, just doing fake fucking plays with his <laughs> headphones on and his goddamn sweats like a jackass. <laughs> oh, Give him a fucking set of VR goggles to do it. That's that, that <laughs> keeping the fuck away from a field. <laughs>
0: All right, Sam, and on to your fraud of 2022.
1: All right, so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with a, a bit of a collective fraud and that would be the Phoenix Suns of the NBA. I thought that they they went out. I I just basically wanted the chance to shit on them because I hate most of their players. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they're they're just all really fucking annoying. Chris Paul's annoying, Devin Booker's annoying, Cameron Payne's annoying, Deandre Ayton's annoying, Jay Crowder It won't even associate with the team anymore, but he's still on the roster and he's annoying. Um, And just them getting so fucking emasculated at home by the Phoenix or by, sorry, by Dallas and and Luca just basically single-handedly owning Phoenix's franchise with with what went on in last year's playoffs. Absolutely fucking hilarious. The Suns talk that much and, and go out with such a whimper by, like, 40 on their home court. I don't know if that was what the final was, but that was the margin for most of that game. They they just looked absolutely lifeless. And then they've come out and sucked this season. Uh, it, it's a shit, shit show smacked. down there. And, yeah, they, I mean, they've been getting shit smacked like every other game and in, like, 2019. They
2: one of, the, like, the top three seeds of either side It's just shown the back of the hand. I uh-huh. mean, they played the Celtics a couple weeks back, and I was... I mean, I bet on the Celtics, and I was like, "Well, this is gonna be a tough game." And the next thing I check, they're up thirty in like the first half, and I'm like, cool, we're done here." Dude,
1: and, <laughs> and the Mavs have done them just as dirty this year, at least once. Like they, the, Luka Doncic is, is in their fucking nightmares at all times. Like he he is is Christ himself when he is on the court against the Phoenix Suns, and it's it's hilarious. And no so far, anymore. so
2: far, we get to enjoy the Mavs season because Corbin hasn't said a word about it.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> Mavs ain't that great either. He's depressed about them, which, you know, it warms the heart. Well, and it
2: will take small wins, small wins. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, and we are getting a little strapped on time, so we may revisit one or two of these into the next episode. But I want to move on to something that we're going to call Colin's capping corner until we come up with a better name for it. Uh but we will still kind of continue our year-in review into this segment. So Colin, why don't you run us into betting?
2: Alright. So typically, you know, we do the good, bad, and the ugly as a recap for each, you know, past week when we do our episodes. Uh Ugly, not really worth it for like a year-in-review type thing, because I mean it is what it is. Those are forgettable. You want to forget those. The other ones though, which we'll go with just good and bad, you know, whether it was a, just a fantastic bet you hit, whether it was something lucky, you know, a massive flyer like we know has some have hit this year, or just bad beats that stick in your brain sitting there going, motherfucker, I should have cashed on that. Why the fuck didn't happen, and like, of the year in review, what what stung the most or what made you fucking at least prideful the most on a win? Sam, you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah, I'll lead us off. And so for my good bet of the year, this is, is pretty much gone for something that I felt was extremely lucky. Um, as far as pride, I would just take the moment to spit shine myself and say that uh, my my teasers were pretty good this year, I think. Uh, generally, made made some solid money with, the, with those and not having to sweat out a whole ton of them. But uh, for my year's best break and best bet, basically, I'm going with a fairly recent one. Uh, my week 15 NFL teaser, which was a three, a three leg teaser. And two of those were lucky as shit. I'll start with the, the less ridiculous one. I had the Ravens plus 13 against the Browns. Tyler Huntley was playing um, in that one. So the, that's why the Ravens were dogs to begin with, but uh, they ended up losing by 10 only courtesy of Browns kicker, Cade York. Cause the Ravens played like shit, but Cade York shanked two field goals in the fourth quarter That would have put him up 13 and 16, 13. That one would have been enough to, you know, damage my payout on this teaser. And if he hit both field goals, obviously it just would have killed it overall. So that was, you know, lucky another leg of that teaser, was the Vikings, like, plus four or something against the Indianapolis Colts. And if you guys remember that game, the Vikings came out and just got fucking obliterated in the first half. And it was, like, it was a a Saturday game, I believe, or something like that. Um, So it was basically the first action of of this teaser, and I was like, well, fuck me. Like, (laughs) this thing is (laughs) over because the Vikings just came out and embarrassed themselves. They went on to make the largest comeback in NFL history – to win that game and take care of business for me. The third leg of the teaser, I think, was the Bears being shit, and that cashed <laughs> in pretty easy for me. Probably so, just an overt... no, no luck involved there. That's just knowing knowing what I'm looking at on the Bears. But I would say a teaser that A, needed two shanked field goals in one game, and B, needed the largest comeback in NFL history in another game, would qualify as pretty damn lucky and my best bet of the year on those grounds.
2: It is that sweet, sweet Matt Ryan magic.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's good to be on the right side of that shit man um, and then I guess I'll move on to my bad beat of the year you know I had trouble kind of kind of thinking of something here but I did go with what I had the Bills money line in last year's AFC championship um, with, as they were dogs on the road and I, I've been high on the Bills I thought that Basically, that game was a toss-up, and and that any plus money was good value. That's that's honestly my feeling on a lot of the shitty underdog bets that I make. Uh, but as a lot of people might remember, um, the Buffalo Bills took the lead in that game with 13 seconds on the clock. Uh, they they went ahead 36 to 33, and basically, you know, Arrowhead Stadium was silent. Um, it looked like the game was Buffalo's for the taking, and. Two plays later, the Chiefs are in field goal range and have tied it up because they just let them. I, I think it was it was Hill and then Kelsey just right up the field and they kicked the field goal, won the coin toss, go right down the field. Everybody knows the story. They win in overtime in a classic, and the Bills are just sitting there wondering what could have been because so so. Recently, they had just taken the late lead and felt on top of the world. Um, so, th- so that one, honestly, was one of the more notable, like crazy sporting events of the year, and I was on the wrong side of, of the little miracle there. So I'd, I'd say that one qualify for me.
0: Very much so. Very much so.
2: Definitely, definitely.
0: Dylan, what what do you got for us? All righty. So my good, I think, is one that we all, we all expect. Uh, this is shortly after the Panthers fired Matt Rule. I took the Panthers money line as a flyer over the Buccaneers. It was plus 420, and that shit hit because the Panthers waxed the Bucks 21 to three, and that paid out. And that was a really, really good feeling on that one. I called it, and then I tried to bet on the Panthers later in the season, and got absolutely fucked. So uh, that was that didn't last long. Um, and then my bad, uh, which is probably one I will speak a little more about, if uh, if our listener will remember. Uh, we had this little thing we called the $1,200 challenge, in which we were going to start with the $25 bet, and if you, it had to be like negative 110 odds, you know, a, a standard uh, against the spread was the idea. But I guess technically, if you found a a, a uh, over under that was minus 110, that would have that would qualified as well. Uh, and you take your $25 bet, and when you win, you let it ride. So like 25 becomes 47 and change, 47 and change becomes 90 something, whatever. I'm, for, I'm forgetting all of the numbers. So I had made it all the way up to where I had to place a $330 bet, uh, which hurt me to do because that's a lot of money to put on any single game, especially against the spread. And I had done NFL on every single bet up to this point and been obviously successful. And so I finally said, you know what? Let's take, I don't like any of the NFL lines this week. Let's take a flyer, not even a flyer. I thought this was a smart bet. Let's take TCU as two and a half point favorites over Kansas state, in the big 12 championship game. The game's not really going my way. Uh you know TCU trailed for for a portion of it. There's a couple things that I thought I thought they were going to screw up the scoring and screw up the spread. Finally, it goes into overtime like all righty. I just need TCU I need it to not go to triple overtime. I need it to be one within two overtimes. And I need TCU to win. Uh well, it was one within two overtimes, but it was by Kansas State cuz uh, I think the refs kind of fucked TCU and that's how I failed the $1,200 challenge and was so, yeah, so they, close. They fucked the spot on some
2: goal line shit for TCU and that ended up, yeah, fucking them if I remember correctly, which yeah. I believe I do.
0: Yes. Yeah. They fucked so, them on the last goal line spots for like four, four goal line stands, you know? Uh, yeah.
2: Whatever. So moving on to myself, I, and the sheet will be back up on attached to the Twitter page here soon. I'm getting caught up. I just with the holidays, my job is very busy around then, busier than usual. I just got, I fell behind, but I caught up on Decembers to close down the window of fucking space I'm behind. and for my good, it's, I mean, I hope to God it's not my best month of betting ever, but I can't complain about my December results. I was up ten units. Um, I will say that fucking uh, New Year's Eve did sort of punch into that because I think I was sitting around 15 units going into New Year's Eve. But I had a rough uh, rough day betting college football. But just a really good December for me. Um, another one that I don't quite remember which game it was, but it was March Madness. It was before we you know, had the podcast logging all this stuff. I did have, and we did this. I think we did this last year. Um, just sort of like when we were, uh, or the madness prior when Oral Roberts,
1: you know, Oral, played real
2: well. Oral, Oral, straight. Um, <laughs> where the first round, I didn't bet on an upset like that, but the this, you know, then I bet on I think Oral Roberts' second game upset. So, and then this year's iteration, it was Saint Peter's. And I I want to say it's the one against uh, Murray State that I had him because I think the odds were only about plus three hundred, and I don't think they would have gotten those odds against Purdue. Could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it's their game against Murray State. But I know I had St. Peter's for one of those games at like plus three hundred ish, so that was a great you know great hit single bet type thing. Not looking at an overall record. So I, I was happy with that one. Always love March Madness. It's you know just obviously such a fun event. So having something memorable enough down this far down the road is good enough for me for good. Going to bad mine. I just sort of chose a thematic one because there's there's at least two that I remember for sure within the same realm, and it was some of my anytime touchdown scores bets in which. <laughs> the most memorable one and the one that sort of brings us to the forefront of the memory is George Pickens dropping a touchdown. I can't remember what week it was early in the wide season, open. Right? Uh, I, oh, God damn it. I'm trying to find oh, the oh, exact date of it. Man. It was, it was probably in October. Um, but yeah, goddamn I don't think it, it was he, all that long ago. Yeah, I don't think it, it was either October or November, but he dropped a wide-open touchdown that he ended up only going up one-handed on, and I think he was, like, plus 200-something to score a touchdown because it was on the heels of one of the guy, uh James, dropping him after trading a fucking, like, ninth-round <laughs> pick for him. So I was like, fuck it, I'm betting on oh. him because now you know he's going to have a good game or something just to make that look even dumber than it already was
0: guess the Bengals are like week
2: 10 or 11 sounds about right to me but that that one hurts and then be and that one came to the forefront which then leads to chris godwin against the saints getting the touch what would have been the game-winning touchdown against them and i had him scoring at like plus 160 ish and he ends up that gets wiped by a by a penalty in which they end up like running it in and you know completing that comeback you know took away his you know hit um the Pickens one was November 28th of this year he was plus 280 and i thought it was a fucking phenomenal one <laughs> and of course he let it he let it slip through his fingertips so that bet cashing slipped through mine
0: Vegas always knows
2: yep they always know apparently they know that George Pickens' hands wall should be better. They knew he was going to drop that specific goddamn catch.
0: All so right, so. This dude is the, the janitor in the back of the Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> turning on the yeah, sprinklers just, and shit.
2: Yeah, they got the team manager to fucking give him the <laughs> slick gloves yeah. instead of the sticky ones. <laughs> but going, going from reminiscing... On the past year, what you know, what may have hurt you, whatever helped you, all that good stuff on the betting. We still have stuff. We're trudging through. We're going into week eighteen of football. What is everyone's best bets, locks of the week, as you guys like to use? Mine aren't locks. Uh, this let's week. hear you. Nothing good. Uh, all right, best bets, not locks. Now we're switching it up to suit ourselves. I see, <laughs> but I want to hear from y'all first. What you guys got this week for us? Whether it's you know a couple flyers, your lock or best bet. Dylan, lead us off since you sound the least confident.
0: Yeah, well, I'm actually really confident in this first one. So I'll, I'll call this one a lock. I like the Dolphins as two-point favorites over the Jets, even with, without Tua, probably. Uh, if Skyler Thompson, if they let Skyler Thompson play, I think I think they blow that out of the water. Uh, yeah, two-point favorites over the Jets, minus 110. I am so confident I am going to throw two units on that one, even without Tua. Uh, from there, slightly less confident, but I kind of like the line. Uh, I got the Saints minus three and a half versus the Panthers. I'll throw the you know minus one ten standard spread in the NFL. Uh, I'll throw one unit on that. Saints have been having a rough time of it lately, but I, I think you know you just kind of close it out with uh, some some good news on the season in a season where good news has been very short for both the Saints and the Panthers. And then finally. I didn't want to throw all three on the NFL, and so this one will be in uh, just a couple hours. I think this one's at eight or nine PM tonight. But I have the Vegas Golden Knights money line versus the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, minus one eleven, and I'll throw a unit on that. And then I have a flyer, uh, which actually I don't, I don't didn't realize the line was this big. But I'm going to take TCU money line in the college football playoff championship. That's plus 360. Uh, I think TCU plays to their opponents, whether they're playing up or playing down. And in this case, I think they're going to play up to UGA. So give me, yeah, give me TCU money line plus 360, two units. That's how confident I am. That's how much I like this flyer. I think that could be really nice, big money. And if somebody wanted to, wanted a lock, I think the spread is like, The spread's like 13 13 and a half. 13 and a half. It's like, yeah, 13, 14 points. I think that is super easy money for anybody who wanted to tail that part of it who wasn't confident in the money line. That or you even pop that fucker into a teaser, man. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I fucking, yeah, I didn't even think about popping that into a teaser until you just started speaking about it. But I definitely really like the thought of that. And I may have some stuff that I don't don't have included, ended up posted for that game to be involved in. Sam, what do you got for us this weekend?
1: Well, for starters, I'm just right now going to go ahead and tail Dylan on that money line on TCU at plus 360. That's great value to me. I agree. I think they play up to their opponents. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I am not. I wouldn't say I expect them to beat Georgia, but I don't think it's, it's that crazy or that far-fetched. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get on that. Um, in addition, I am still willing to call it a lock of the week, although this one – is, is actually plus money. This is, is not my typical format of a teaser uh, sort of thing, but I'm going with a three way parlay this weekend um, on all money lines. Uh, I've got Dallas Cowboys beating the Washington Commanders and Sam Howell. This game still matters for Dallas. I, I think Dallas are frauds, but I'm, I don't think Sam Howell is the guy to necessarily expose that. Um, so I, I like that pick. I've got it parlayed with the Buffalo Bills handling business against the Patriots. Um, that game most likely will still be meaningful for Buffalo. Uh, you may, if, you, if you're a little hesitant, maybe wait to lock this in until all of everything has been sussed out with how the, the playoff scenarios will shake out and evaluate it from there. But they've been waxing New England consistently for the past couple years. I think they'll do it again. Um, and then lastly, I have got the Minnesota Vikings, taking care of business against my Chicago Bears and Nathan Peterman. Uh, Justin Fields is not playing for the Bears this weekend. His season is over. The Bears are out there with one goal in mind, and that is to get the number one overall pick <laughs> in the draft. Um, which, so that's that's my parlay. Um, Cowboys' money line, Bill's money line, Vikings' money line. Uh, I got that, I believe, at plus 118 on my book. Um, and then I've got actually, at, let's see, plus one. 18 again, just a straight-up money line. A little segue from the Bears looking for the number 1 overall pick. In order for that to happen, I need the Houston Texans to beat the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. That's scary. Yeah, it is. But Sam Ellinger and the Colts just Saturday, they're pretty shit. Houston tied them at the beginning of the year. We know they can play right there with them. And if Houston goes in and beats Indy this weekend thanks to that tie – the Bears would pick first in the draft. So I'm throwing uh, I'm throwing a unit on the Houston Texans money line plus 118 as well. And okay. I, I apologize. Three units on the parlay. No
2: worries. I noticed that. I was going to request that. But if we know anything about Sam Mellinger, he kills coaching careers like fucking triathlons <laughs> kill his dad. Or drugs <laughs> kill his true. brother.
1: Yeah, he's no, going it up. He's
2: less fun and more or less fluky. Uh, but yes, nonetheless, but. fuck the Colts. Fuck Sam Ellinger, that piece yeah. of shit, cock-sucking motherfucker.
1: I don't know if we've said this on the pod, so just to, just to contextualize that slightly, Sam Ellinger's first career start— They fired their OC right after his second career start. They fired Frank Reich right after. Then Jeff Saturday came in and said, this kid sucks. I'm not playing him. He didn't start again until now. He'll be starting this week, the final week of the season. And then presumably Jeff Saturday will not be retained as the Colts next head coach. He is going to allegedly have the chance at it, but Probably this is his last game coached as as the head coach of the Colts too. So Sam Ellinger will be a remarkable three for three in ending a coach's tenure after all three of his first three career starts.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> was it's
1: his last
2: real <laughs> did uh did was not Sarkeesian uh who who was the Texas coach under him with him
1: Tom Herman yeah Tom Herman did you know, Herman maybe, Tom, man.
2: his last coach game with fucking Ellinger at the helm. Uh,
1: uh, probably, yeah, yeah. It's been there for Sounds two right. years.
2: Ellinger's in year two, right? Yeah, or... yeah I,
1: th- I think honestly, I think their careers ended together.
2: It's not as I... correlative as the uh, NFL track, but still. still though,
1: that's, that's yeah, yeah that's a, a streak of four starts. I mean, that's that's fucking wild <laughs> if you can pull that off.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff, man. So going in there i am very much sort of in the same vein uh, thought process as sam on nfl this week uh, i have what i think is it's it's a parlay neg 102 nothing crazy just a unit on it but it is the fuck the week 18 scheduling parlay it is seahawks money line i believe they're playing the rams i believe i should know this i did just delete exit out of the nfl stuff so i have him uh, i have the seahawks Money line plus the Packers money line. You got to assume Rodgers is making it in the playoffs via beating the Lions to end the year. Seahawks have everything to play for as well, so that pays to neg one hundred two. It's sort of one that I don't love, but it, like just from a just mental standpoint, I don't want to bet it, but I think it is a very good bet. And then I have. The uh, a six point teaser that's neg one ten and it's Cowboys teased down to neg one so effectively a money line, and then the Jags down to neg half a point as well. You can also probably just money line parlay that. It might just be slightly worse odds, but I think both of those teams win. Whether it's you know a great you know display by the Jags against the Titans, I don't. It doesn't have to be. They're they're playing. They're red hot the titans are starting aren't they starting josh dobbs again i'm pretty sure they're starting josh dobbs derrick henry is playing but i don't think derrick henry is enough to carry that offense to a victory so that combined with the cowboys still having the nfc east technically up for grabs even the one seat up for grabs if i read the scenarios right in the nfc there's there's a you know It would be, they they have stuff to play for. I, and yeah, Sam Howell is not going to be the answer in week 18. He could look good. I just, I mean, the Cowboys have everything to play for compared to the Commanders. So I think that's, those two are good, you know, not plus money, but very, you know, low juice odds. And then my flyer of the week, which I don't understand, maybe I've missed something since the last update. I have the Bucks money line at plus 175. Last I had seen, they were playing their starters, so am I an idiot and miss something there?
1: I mean, they may be playing their starters, but they've clinched their division, and I don't know if their seeding is really good. I think they're probably locked into the four seed, so I would personally be pretty surprised to see 60 minutes of Brady-Godwin-Evans. Yeah,
2: but I also don't think the Falcons are that goddamn good. Yeah, that- that's fair. Even even if you treat it like a preseason game for the Bucks, like I think I think you at least see a good first half from the Bucks where they try and use it as a tune-up since they are playing their guys. But you don't think
0: Jet Desmond Shitter's going to pick this one up?
2: Um, dude, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I'm.
1: He thinks Blaine Gabbert's going to pick. This one up. <laughs>
2: no, the dream Missouri is. Zone. See, my dream is that Ritter plays. All of next year for us as well. Looks about as competent as he's looked this year. We get a good top top one, top two pick. And you know what? May hate his college decision path, but give me Caleb Williams in the NFL on the Falcons and I will be potentially thrilled. But, you know, I, I think the Bucks take care of this. I don't. I th- that line, you know, there's reasons for that line to be that line, but I, the value's still there if the Bucks are starting their guys as of now that I believe is correct. So plus 175, one unit. I was tough to find a flyer. I wouldn't say I forced this, but I, I felt that it was best value of a flyer I could find.
0: All righty. Gentlemen, any last words?
1: Uh, happy New Year and fuck Green Bay.
0: Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Fuck Green Bay. Go Vikes.
2: Let's go Lions. I, as much as that will not be counterintuitive to my bet, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see Dan Campbell close out the season strong and just sort of fuck with uh, Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs> and that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at 3planesSB. That's at the number 3 PL a i n s s -S b to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet and keep an eye out for future episodes on spotify apple podcasts or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from i think uh next week we're probably going to talk 2023 storylines so tune in for that one and remember quitters never win big and big winners never quit we're out of here